Well, welcome everybody to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. I am Pastor Lucas Hillman, and I get to serve as the lead pastor at Grace Christian Fellowship in Largo, Florida. This is a weekly podcast discussing theology, scripture, and ideas in the local church to help you flourish in Christ. Thanks for joining us. This past Sunday, we found ourselves um, talking about unbelief, and we're in a series called Prepare the Way. This is the third part. And the idea behind it is preparing ourselves to celebrate resurrection joy as we approach Easter and Resurrection Sunday, uh, that we uh, look at what's going on um, in our hearts, our minds, and what are those things that we need to set aside in order to participate, enjoy, um, actually experience the resurrection uh, of Christ. And uh, this week, we again, as I mentioned, we talked about unbelief. And unbelief is is this idea um, that we doubt, um, that we don't recognize what God is trying to do in our life, uh, so therefore we fail to act. Ultimately, unbelief is knowledge without obedience, or knowledge without action. And that goes for both the unbeliever and the Christian. Now, for the unbeliever, uh, Romans 1 seems to make it clear that they have some idea that there is a God through what is called general revelation, that their soul understands and longs for uh, a God who knows them, that is beyond their experience to make sense of themselves in the world. But due to uh, the spiritual state of where they find themselves, unbelievers repress that knowledge. They, they do not naturally seek that out. Now, when I talk about unbelief, uh, I'm specifically referring to the unbelief in which a uh, believer can exhibit. Now, Unbelief does not disqualify us from salvation, uh, but rather it's a it's a matter of obedience. It's a matter of walking with Jesus faithfully. But unbelief, uh, again, is the idea of we know what we ought to do or what we feel uh, the Spirit leading us to do in a, in a particular moment and failing to act for un, for numerous different reasons. But I wanted to draw our attention to Mark chapter 6. And in this particular passage, we have Jesus returning to his hometown of Nazareth. And he does not receive the welcome we think he might. He says he that he returns to Nazareth and they and they question him because again, he grew up there, they know him. Um, and he's only able to do a few things there while teaching in the synagogue of healing. And I wanted to highlight verse 6 of chapter 6 when he says that Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. Now, I don't believe Jesus is surprised in the fact that he was learning new information. Elsewhere in the New Testament, it'll say Jesus knows the heart of men. But there seems to be this connection between uh, Jesus' willingness to 
reveal himself, uh, work him, his plan, uh, and the reception of it or the willingness to receive it. So when it says that Jesus was marveling at their unbelief, well, it seems that Jesus was already healing, even if they displayed no belief, but yet his heart was broken. He was astonished that even in the midst of miracles itself uh, or themselves, they still were not willing to act. They still were not willing to give themselves to the identity that Jesus was the Messiah. You see, it's ultimately knowledge. We understand Jesus is doing these things without obedience. Lord, you indeed are the Messiah. Lord, where else shall we go? You are the one. Now, again, that I wanted to turn the lens back on ourselves is that we have the knowledge, we have the revelation that the Son of God has come. Jesus Christ revealed himself and that we are called to walk in line with that. We are called to obey that. And this is all predicated on faith, is it not? Unbelief uh, is not is an issue of faith. It is whether we have faith to trust in God and trust in Jesus or we don't. And again, to define faith and whether we have it or not, faith in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith is this soul deep conviction of things that we do not see. It is the assurance of those things we hope for, meaning uh, we do not see Jesus, but we have the conviction of his identity. We also, because of our faith, possess assurance that the day of the Lord is coming, glory awaits, resurrection awaits. So faith is the object, or rather, it is the way in which we express our belief. We believe, we put ourselves onto uh, Jesus Christ. And we, and again, Hebrews eleven six will say, it is impossible to please God without faith. So faith seems to be the instrument by which we walk with God, trust in God, live this life. It is a, a faith, it is a trusting, an assurance, a conviction that God will meet our needs both now, today, and forever. And faith is contrasted with unbelief. Either we can live a life full of faith, a life full of unbelief, or more, more than likely where all of us fit is some mixture of the two. And faith really is this idea that we trust God, that we will obey him at his first word. Now, if we are struggling with unbelief or doubt, we know that that, how does that manifest itself? If you are struggling with doubt to say, I'm not sure I understand what God is doing, or is God really here? 
Does he care? Um, again, we know how that manifests itself. That's in like things like hesitation or indecision. James chapter 1 will say, doubt or unbelief causes us to be double-minded. Again, not fully committed to what we believe God is doing. And it's important to deal with that. I, I believe Jesus is compassionate to those who doubt, those who struggle with unbelief. And there's many reasons why we have unbelief, is there not? There's suffering that we come in contact with, either we or our loved ones. There's evil in the world, right? We, we understand that the circumstances of our life uh, can be so overwhelming that it calls us to question the goodness of God. But at the bottom of it all, it does, like walking with Jesus does require us to put on the assurance, to set our minds on things above, and to be convinced that there's good ahead, even if we have to suffer. And that's a hard, hard truth that many of us have had to learn, that we will suffer, but yet we still have hope. Faith is required if we are to walk with Jesus. The conviction that He exists, that He is working in our lives, is required. And one other thing that we touched on Sunday, which I think is the thrust of the sermon, is that so much of our Christian life can be obsessed with the amount of our faith, or what is the mixture, what's the percentage of my unbelief to my belief? Because if I was really full of faith, then I would never doubt, and if I doubt, I must have more room for faith. But I want us to focus on the idea that it is not the amount of our faith that matters most. It is the object of our faith. Where is your faith? Where is your hope? What do you depend on? What are you putting your weight on? What are you organizing your life around? That is where your faith is. Because the amount of faith is somewhat irrelevant. Now, faith is required. But the amount of faith need only be that much of a mustard seed, Jesus says. And he can work with it. But the object of your faith is the of the utmost importance. There's only one place in which we can put our faith that is true, lasting, eternal, and will lead to salvation. That's, that's Jesus Christ himself, the Messiah, the resurrected one, crucified and resurrected one. And this faith that we profess is ultimately a gift from God. It's not self-generated. So again, Hopefully, some of the pressure can be alleviated is that if you trust Jesus, this is a gift from God to be stewarded, to cared for, cultivated. Again, ask God for more faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 will say it is for by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So again, as we talk about unbelief and trying to throw off unbelief, it is God's gift to us that we have something to actually move towards, that we are convinced, convic you know, convicted and assured, according to Hebrews 11, that we have a target that our lives can move towards. 
And if so, may we do so with a measure of zeal to say, Lord, help me, help me, help me believe that you are working, that you are still at work. You know, I'm reminded of that story in Mark 9 with a father whose son is demon-possessed, and the father will say, Lord, if you are willing, if you are able, you could heal my son. And Jesus says, am I? Am I willing? Like, as if I certainly am, don't doubt. Uh, if you believe, I can. And the Father says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. And that's, I mean, many of us probably are in that situation. Again, many faithful Christians find themselves in that situation where circumstances, temptations, trials, suffering, or just plain evil has entered our life. And we get to the bottom when we say, Lord, I believe, I don't understand, but I believe. Help me believe. Help my doubt. And that's the gift of Jesus, is that he's not looking for the strong, faithful ones. He's looking for the ones that simply believe. And he and it is there that he dwells with us. We have a Savior who transforms our suffering by staying with us through it. Your faith was gifted to you. Your faith is existent if you have trusted in Jesus. And you have a Savior who has promised to never leave nor forsake you. Now, granted, we want to live lives that look expectantly for what God's doing and curating and cultivating our faith, that we believe God can do all things, right? Mark 9, 23 will say that everything is possible to the one who believes. So we want to live a life that is expectant of what God can do. But there are times in our life where we will encounter and have to battle unbelief and doubt. So may we, may we actually engage in the battle and not just drift along, that we would say unbelief only leads me to deeper and deeper despair, doubt, and, this, and it places a greater burden on me. What would it look like to cast all of my burdens onto him, although I don't understand? Help me, help my unbelief, Jesus, and step into obedience. Again, regardless of where you find yourself on this faith journey that Jesus has started and has promised to finish, Romans 8, 38 and 39 will say, Paul will write this, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you are a Christian, your faith is in Jesus Christ. And even your seasons of unbelief and doubt cannot separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So I want to exhort, I want to challenge us with what maybe Jesus told Thomas at the resurrection. And he says, I don't believe unless I see. Jesus responds, stop doubting and believe. Take God at his word. If he has set his love upon you, if he has saved you, if he has forgiven you, if he has promised to be with you, if he has 
promise that he will resurrect you. Believe him. Stop doubting and believe and walk in this joy, peace, and security that we have in the promises of God. And remember, 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God has placed himself upon us in salvation. And even if you feel like you are the worst Christian in the room, he remains faithful to you because he has set himself upon you and he has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. So as we move towards the resurrection this season, what would it look like for us to confront our unbelief with a greater faith that we have a God who has committed himself to us, not because we're so faithful, not because we are so great and do extraordinary things, but because he loves us and he has committed himself to us from beginning to end. So may we walk in greater faith, cast off unbelief and doubt and experience a deeper communion, a deeper life, a deeper love of God. So I hope that this was somewhat helpful, somewhat challenging, but overall, I hope it is comforting to know that God's love remains steadfast despite our doubts and unbelief. And he's continually still working on you and he's still working on me. And I'm really thankful for that. Regardless, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, a ministry of Grace Christian Fellowship in Largo, Florida. You can visit our website and find out more about our church at gracechristian.com. As well, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube.